All right, ladies, I'm so excited to be back here with you. I've shared with you over the last few weeks that my husband and I have been on this journey of combining our finances completely for the first time in 15 years of marriage. I know, crazy, right? This is a conversation we're going to get into a little bit later in the episode, but I wanted to introduce you to the couple who's been helping us do that. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about why so many couples like me keep their finances separate, some of the benefits of combining your finances, how to do that in a stress-free way. And lastly, maybe you've already have your finances combined. What are ways that you can work together to achieve your goals and build financial intimacy in your marriage in the process? you're sitting in a marriage that feels empty, struggling to connect with your husband, maybe you're telling yourself you're just sticking it out for the kids and what really keeps you in the marriage is God. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you reconnect in marriage and feel cherished again. Hey, I'm Beatrice, a Jesus-loving wife and mom. I've been married for 15 years, but for the past 10, I've actually had the affectionate and connected marriage I've always dreamed of. What happened the first five years? Well, I was busy telling my husband all the things he was doing wrong, like how he needed Jesus and he needed to make me happy. We tried marriage counseling, small groups, all the things we were told that would make our marriage better nothing worked and we separated. How did I turn it around? Well, that's what you'll learn in this podcast. Proven skills to communicate better, create more intimacy, and be a grace-fueled wife. So if you're ready to finally communicate effectively with your husband so you can stop fighting and be on the same team again, this podcast is for you. Now grab that journal and let's jump right in. Well, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about financial intimacy. So many other times you and I have talked about or needed to talk about other types of intimacy in your marriage, your closeness. Maybe you don't feel close and connected and you're really desperately searching for a way to do that in your marriage. And for some of you, maybe you are a way beginner level and you need some of the basics right from the beginning, understanding some of the root causes of your problems, really gaining some clarity in that, really gaining a strategy for fighting for your marriage, and then getting some tactical uh, how-to tips really in terms of communication and things of that nature. And maybe for those of you who are more advanced, you don't necessarily need the course, but what you need is a one-on-one guidance with me where I can take you through really your specific situation and what's going on in your marriage, just one-on-one, not even in a group setting. I think regardless of what it is that you need, whether it be one of those two, why don't we jump on a free call to determine What's going to be the best thing for you? So many people ask me, how do I work with you? How do I work with you? And for so many of you, the best way to decide is just going to be to jump on a free call with me. It's about a 30-minute discovery call so you can explain to me a little bit about your situation. And then we can come up together with what you think would be best for you and your specific situation. And the way you find that is gracefueledwifecall.gr8.com. That's gracefueledwifecall.gr8.com. 
So joining me today is the married couple behind Rad Coaches, Rebecca and Dylan. And like a lot of couples today, they found themselves in a financial situation that they were less than thrilled with. Once they got engaged, they decided to start working together, learning how to manage money effectively. They took control of their finances. And over the next 18 months, they paid off over $45,000 in debt hey, and started to put all that extra cash flow, which you'll hear a lot about, towards saving, investing, and their favorite thing to do as a couple, which is travel. During that process, they realized that financial freedom was something they wanted to help others achieve, and that's when Rad Coaches was born. They specifically work with couples who are trying to find a balance between saving for the future and living a life they want to live now. They also have their own podcast, Rad Money, where they share their insights to help couples stop fighting about money and start building real wealth. Welcome, guys. I'm so excited to have you on the show for so many reasons, but the main one being you've helped me personally in my own life and marriage in that area and basically in an area that I didn't even think I needed. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show with me, guys. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for being here. And thank you for saying those kind words to start off with, too. It's just, (laughs) it's an honor to hear that what we're saying works. (laughs) It's music to our ears. Yeah. It's music to our ears. Yeah. And it's so nice when you're able to speak to somebody with like the thing you do on the podcast and you're able to speak to somebody who is saying like, yeah, you guys have helped me tons already, right? So that's really awesome to do. Being a podcaster gives you this amazing access to so many people like Rebecca and Dylan. And when I find people who are amazing as this, I like to make sure I share that with my audience. So Rebecca and I have had some great conversations in the past and we were talking like, wow, this would be great for an episode. We really should bring this over to our audiences. And so I have a couple of questions for you guys. And one of them, I think the important thing to start with, because you guys work with couples who are ready, they're managing their money together, and they want to go from like good to great. They have goals in their marriage. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is from what I'm understanding. They have goals in their marriage. They want to meet together and they want to work together to meet those goals. But for somebody like me, who wasn't there yet, And there may be a lot of people listening who are in the same place. And this is pretty funny because of a great marriage. Money was not one of the things we have ever really fought about. (laughs) Like I teach women how to stop fighting with their husbands. Well, guess what? Part of that for me was we just avoided the topic completely because it was a hot button topic for us. So I have my own ideas as to why we didn't combine our finances, which I can speak to. But for you guys, the experts who talk to so many couples, why do you think so many couples do choose to keep their finances separate? Yeah, there are so many reasons. And honestly, I think a lot of people are in the same boat that that you were, where maybe you even want to have the merge finances and combine your finances and and work as that unit, but you just don't really know how because anytime you have tried, there's been friction, there's been tension, and it just turns into something that you're like, oh, okay, maybe not. And (laughs) we we don't have to, you know, I've been managing money by myself this far in adulthood. Maybe I just keep doing (laughs) it for the sake of my marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that really a lot of people find themselves in that position. Um, Absolutely. Well, I'd say it's really common too, because it it makes sense that people want to keep their money separated because you've been spending your entire adult life up until the point of being married. 
managing your money separately. And so Beatrice, you have your own way of managing money. You grew up seeing your parents use money a certain way and you've developed your own habits and behaviors and your husband has his own money story too. And so when you try to combine those things, especially when people like us, Rebecca and I, we're very strong-willed people. So it's like, I think I know what's right, you know, and especially if you're in a relationship like that, that can also make it really challenging because it's almost better to, it feels like keeping the peace by not talking about money because money is so sticky and it causes problems. And so sometimes the easiest thing to do is avoid it, but that's actually not a great thing to do either. Yeah. And it can be really challenging too, because a lot of us don't have the financial education that, you know, maybe we wanted, uh, we weren't maybe brought up talking about it and things of that nature. So then you can kind of end up just arguing about opinions and that can be very challenging. Of course, uh, when you're not even talking about facts anymore, you're just talking about what you think is right. And that can be really emotional and very triggering. What you guys were answering to, I think, speaks to a couple like my husband and I are now that we have a strong, healthy, connected marriage. A lot of my listeners, however, are not in that space. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I thought was really profound when Rebecca and I were talking was that she said, well, why is it? that you are so opposed to combining your finances. And I gave her all the, well, we never fight about it and this and that. And then she just, she kept digging a little bit deeper with her questions. And I realized that the thing that I was holding on to, even in, an, in a happy, stable, connected marriage was fear. Yeah. And it was fear of so many things. So for me, and, and I say this because this may, apply to some of the, the listeners, right? So we already talked about, I think the the surface level was the fear of like, oh, well, we're going to fight about it. Mm-hmm. But beneath that, I think it's almost like generational conditioning. And I had this fear of one day being alone and one day having to support myself and my children without my husband around, whether that be due to, you know, generation generationally my grandfather died at an early age and he didn't want my grandmother to work at the time he wanted her to stay home with the kids well you know what back in the 50s that was normal and what happens when he dies in his mid-40s and she's with six kids how is she supporting herself and then I watch my parents divorce and like how is my mom now supporting herself and four kids and so for me it was this generational thing that if we combine our finances he might leave and for me it was a very real thing because my husband did leave for a while, right? He might leave. And then where am I stuck with? So there was all this fear that I was holding on to that I realized today, at least it wasn't serving me. And I think even then it was one of the things that was blocking the two of us from being truly intimate. And I know you guys have talked on your show about financial intimacy. That's something I want to get into on this particular show, because I think that really speaks to my listener. But that for me was something that I was like, oh my goodness, I was letting something that didn't exist anymore. There, There was no reason for that fear to exist anymore. And I was letting it stop me from reaching our goals together as a couple. And that's why I was like, so thankful when Rebecca said that I was like, oh my gosh. And it still took me a couple of months to like... (laughs) To acquiesce, but it was also one of those things that I felt God talking to me about for a few months, even before that. 
And so mm-hmm. when Rebecca said it, it was almost like confirmation of like, you know, this is something you have to do. You know, this is place where you should just surrender that control. you right. I was trying to control something because for me, it helped to make me feel safe, not realizing that by giving up that control together, my husband and I are starting now to build something where I feel closer to him than I have ever felt. And like, that's Again, great. I teach on marriages. So this is, it's like mind blowing for me. So and I have chills just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, that's it's why, fantastic. Uh, that's why I said to you guys, this is why I was like really passionate about having you on the show. And that's why I said to you, like, FYI, like you've changed my life in ways you're not even aware of just in the few conversations that we've had that I wanted to share with my audience. Now let's get into what are some of the benefits, right? So we kind of talked about Maybe these are some of the reasons why people might keep their finances separate. And maybe they're like, oh, yeah, okay, great. But I'm still not ready to make that leap. What are some of the benefits that they would get for combining their finances and working on them as a couple? Well, I mean, you just you really did touch on so many. Um, I love that you said, you know, yes, it's it's the I don't know how, but it also a lot of times it is so rooted in fear and why we don't do it. And that does result in us just putting those walls up. But as you start to take that wall down brick by brick, you get to connect with your partner so much. And like you said, well, you know, we can talk about financial intimacy, um, but that is, that is a really big one of just, you just get to know each other better. You get to rely on each other in a way that you maybe didn't think was possible, maybe was never modeled to you. Um, and so relationship, there's just so much to gain from it. Of course, you both need to be in a uh, really good mental headspace to do it. Um, and that sort of thing. But then financially, of course, uh, you know, couples who manage money together uh, not only have higher net wealth, but there are studies now that are literally showing that they have more relationship satisfaction as well. So we're actually seeing that it's supported that both things really do improve, uh, not just the relationship, but your net, but your worth as a couple will actually be higher than those who just cohabitate or even have some shared accounts, but not all shared accounts. Um, and so that's really interesting, I think. Yeah. And I think one thing that we talk a lot about that's really important is that creating this interdependent relationship where we're a, a team, a unit together. And something I said in a podcast that stuck out to somebody was like, it's not me versus Rebecca, it's us versus the world. And that sort of concept really like, I think that really helps you understand, like when you're in a marriage with somebody, like we need to put down our differences. Life is tough enough as it is. And when we work together, the more I I serve Rebecca and the more she serves me, the more our life flourishes and gets better because of that. And when I, I stopped thinking about life as like a me versus her. And it was like us together versus everything else. It really just improved our quality of life. And then I think the same thing can be said about your finances too. Like I came into the relationship, we had $45,000 worth of debt. You mentioned most of that was mine from student loan debts and a car. Rebecca had very little compared to me, but together as a team, we got through that faster. And when Rebecca accepted that as, as her debt as well, it wasn't as if I was trying to get the help and like marry Rebecca so that she could help pay off my debt. But it was this thing where I had this burden. And if we kept everything separate, then Rebecca could live this awesome life without any debt. But I'd be sitting on the sidelines saying like, oh, I'd love to go on that vacation, babe. But you know what? I really can't afford that right now. Or what's worse is then people start to hold that over their spouse's head. It's like, oh, I I got that for you. But then it's like a favor 
that needs to be repaid later. And so when we started to work together as a team, and, it's, and we see this with relationships and couples when we help them with their finances, when they start to work together as a team, it, there's there's no more tit for tat. There's no more scorecard. And then it's just about moving the across the chessboard together opposed to uh, against each other. And it's amazing. Yeah. I think really early on in our relationship, when we were talking about it, and we like to paint the picture of like, you're on a battlefield and you could be like trying to make your way yourself, or it could be the two of you back to back. He's got my back eyes. I've got his, and you're moving through the world really together and conquering the world together. And so that's really what we strive for and what we strive to instill in, in our clients. I love that. And it's your example. So I'm going to use it because I have you on the show, but uh, in one of your episodes, you talked about, I think it was the episode, uh, Dylan, we did talk about, should you take on your partner's debt? Yeah. And for me, that was meaningful because I felt like I'm the one with debt. I'm in grad school. As an entrepreneur, there's things that you invest in that it takes time to recoup the money from those investments. And uh, so I'm over here feeling like I'm the one holding him back. And one thing you said, Dylan, that I loved is you gave the illustration of a relay race. And it's like, where you have to wait for your partner to catch up before you can go versus just like being able to go together. And it just struck me as like, oh yeah, like we are really as a couple and a family, we're never really going to be able to get to that place of, you know, now saving for college or things like that aren't so stressful because we're not waiting for the other one to catch up. We're like, the money's there. We just haven't felt comfortable enough to really um, have that level of financial intimacy to do that. So I thought that was really a really important point and uh, really helpful for me in my own journey. And what I want to ask you guys, I know you, you touched on uh, interdependence, which I thought was really good. We want to be whole people. You don't want to be codependent on your husband. So I love that idea of being interdependent on each other. And that's how we create this intimacy. But you were the first people I've ever heard talk about financial intimacy. So what is that to you? You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So financial intimacy is really about being able to come to your partner with whatever issues about money, which is a really hard topic for people to talk about already in general. Like we said, it's very emotional. Um, and there can be a lot of things attached to it, shame, guilt, et cetera, but feeling like no matter what good or bad, you can come to your spouse with a topic and you're going to be met with love, with grace and compassion, understanding all of these things that make you feel uh, respected, heard, appreciated, and not judged or ashamed and guilted for the mistakes that you made. And what that does is by having that financial intimacy, you're able to also be transparent with one another. You feel like you can get vulnerable and honest. And of course, that does help in other types of intimacy, just as a couple, because then other hard things that you need to discuss can be discussed. If someone is struggling with something that they are scared to bring to you, if you've had these conversations about money and you've been met with that grace and love, then it's going to be easier for you to say, okay, now let's get through this together. I need your help. I need your support in getting through this hard thing. And it's just going to make it that much easier. 
Yes. And something we were actually just talking about this morning in terms of financial intimacy is how, like, when you think about your life, everything is so interconnected, right? Like my relationships, like if I'm having a bad relationship and I show up to work, I might be focused on the fact that my relationship with my best friend isn't going well and how I might've screwed that up. And I'm not focused at work. And the same thing is true with our relationship, Rebecca and I, and then money, you know, those things are interconnected. And so if the money isn't going well, and we're arguing about the money that hurts our relationship. Yeah. But if the money situation is great, maybe like I, I always think about what's the, the good side of like, what's the opposite of an argument. And it's just like, it's peace. There's no argument. There's just no problems. Like the absence of problems is like the best you can have with finances. And so when that isn't there, then you get to focus on each other more too. Mm-hmm. And so that's also part of this financial intimacy is how the two can affect each other. Finances can affect your relationship. Your relationship can affect your finances. And so when they're managed well together, then you have a good relationship with your wife or your husband and with the money. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think also going back to the fact that my listener might be in a variety of different places in her marriage and maybe for her, financial intimacy is a goal that's so far away. For me, it was a goal that was so far away. I just needed to get to zero, (laughs) just not negative anymore. Just like, can we just stop fighting over basic things? But in my mind, I was separating the two. I was so focused on just creating some other level of peace in my household, not realizing that opening up about these other things when it came to my finances would also create that intimacy that but that the fact that I was like so hellbent on keeping it separate because I didn't want to fight right because I had all these fears around fighting and all this other stuff that was part of what was blocking any other type of closeness or intimacy with my husband because it was just basically I was saying like we're just not going to talk about the hard things we're not I'm going to change the way I speak to you about maybe all these other things that we're fighting about, but this piece right here, I'm not ready to go there because I wasn't ready to open up to it for myself. So I thought that was really great when I heard you guys uh, speaking about that. What was helpful was finding your platform to help me do it in a way that was stress-free. Can you give us some ways to talk about finances in a stress-free environment? Well, uh, we are big fans of what we call a money date is like a specific time to sit down and talk to your spouse about money. One thing that like, I think it comes with almost any stressful topic, like never spring this topic on your spouse. Like, Hey, you know what? We should talk about money right now. That is the quickest way to have a fight because the other person is not prepared. So Rebecca likes to say like, let's talk about talking. So the first thing I always do is say like, Hey, I'd really love to talk about money with you and just set it up that it's not going to happen right now, but let's pick a time that works for all of us to sit down in a stress-free environment and talk about it. And then I don't want to jump too far ahead because I'm pretty good at doing that. But like even setting a few ground rules too, just saying we'll only do it for this long. The Give conversation- us the ground rules. Don't worry about jumping yeah. ahead. What does this look like? like Money date and the ground rules. Go ahead. Uh, set like set a specific time. Like we'll we'll only talk about this for so long. If it gets heated at all, we'll step back and we'll walk away. Like set the ground rule. Like we want this to be productive and positive. If we show up in a way that we don't feel is the way we'd like to show up to the conversation, let's call a timeout. Let's walk away because we all want to be better individuals. So we can just set up the rule to say, if I'm not acting the way I said I'd be, I, I need to take a moment to myself. And maybe we just 
totally pause it. Yeah. And I think even before that, one thing that we've really started to do with, which we actually haven't even talked about on the podcast yet is before having the actual conversation. So let's say that we're going to have the conversation, you know, meeting starts in two minutes, our money date, it's about to start, um, is setting the intention and saying, look, the goal here is to reach a goal together. And we're working on this together. My priority is you, my priority is our relationship. And so let's just make sure that we are putting that at the front of our mind before we sit down and talk about this. And that can be really helpful in helping you just remember like, why are you here? And it's not any of the other things of, you know, playing the blame game or any of that. It's you're there to build a better life together. And that can be really great. Yeah. And definitely talking about like, if it's your first money date, don't talk about the debt right away. Let's talk about the things that we really are excited about. Like the debt will come up. It has to come up. We're going to talk about that. But maybe it's like, let's get talk about the things that get us really excited to get serious about money. Like I'd be more excited to save up for a vacation and get serious about money than I am to pay off debt potentially. Talk about your why first. Yeah. Really and they're like, yeah, what it, the why is so, so important. So starting there is always a good place to start too, instead of putting it on the like, these are the, the pressure pain points right now. That's That might just, that might not be the right time to do that. Yeah. And we have a whole episode too about the how to do it as well. But big ones are really just focus on the problem. And that problem is not your partner. The problem is the problem and really refrain from judging. So really just don't judge your partner. Don't try to make them feel bad for it. It is what it is because anytime you start to do that, they're going to shut down and they're open and honesty. And we really want to create that space for them to feel like they can just share openly and just express their thoughts and feelings even just to flesh ideas out, right? Um, and not make them feel bad for that, but just have a really safe space for them to express themselves. Yeah, I love that. I speak to women who's maybe they feel like, oh, my husband is irresponsible with money or he's this or he's that. When we judge, oh, you shouldn't have bought that motorcycle without consulting me. Uh, yeah, sure. He probably shouldn't have bought that motorcycle without consulting you. But now when we speak about it that way, now it just becomes a fight. Where it's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe we could get to the bottom of why did you buy that motorcycle without consulting me? Oh, well, because I knew that if I did, you would tell me no. You know what I mean? And it, and then it can become a deeper conversation of I don't want to say no to those things if we just talk about it and are open about it. And I know for me, it took me a while for us to have our first money date because I was scared. And I think it took a lot of prep work for me mentally, but also for him like, hey, FYI, there's going to be some things once I pull back the curtain on this that you might not like. So Mm -hmm. I just, you know what I mean? And like some of it, I, I actually shared with him prior so that it was like, I don't want you to be surprised. Like there's going to be some numbers in here that uh, you're not going to like, and we, it's fine. Like we can get through them, but I want you to be aware prior. And it, I think that for us helped so that when we did finally have the money date, I think for me, the other thing that really helped was I came to the date very much prepared because I already knew that I was going to be the problem. <laughs> and so I wanted to have a certain level of humility that I had to come with and say, hey, I know I'm bringing this to the table. These were things that we actually agreed on as a family that we were going to do. 
but this is the actual cost of what they were, right? So Mm -hmm. it was more of things like that, but being able to come prepared. And so what I ended up doing, um, and we can talk to the listeners about this is uh, a little later, Rebecca and Dylan have a financial course, which is like a quick, easy, I want to say I got through the whole thing in maybe 30 minutes. And one of the things in the course that they offer is these basically templates for your budget. And I'm an Excel whiz. I love Excel. I'm like all about it. I think about it. I'm like, oh, I could have made this, but no, I've tried so many times and it never had come out as uh, simple as what they put together. And so what I did was I used the template and the format that they gave me and I like input everything the way it needed to be. I did it like by month and all this other stuff. And then when I was able to present it to my husband, it was in such a clear, simple way that there was no fight. It was the first time I ever showed him a spreadsheet that he was like, okay, yeah, I'm good with this. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, okay, I understand this. This is cool. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, because here I am. I was a business major, a minor in economics, Excel nerds. I always had these super complicated spreadsheets and, and multiple accounts. I mean, I probably have 18 different bank accounts for all these different things because I'm like, no, you don't understand. You know, when I do the taxes, I need to have a separate business account, for which part of that is true. But it's like the other part is he's like, I, I you're making my head spin. It was, it was too much for him. And so what Rebecca and Dylan had provided for me was a platform for me to be like, Hey, this is just real simple. This is everything really clear. And it was like color coded. And like, I really nerd out over this stuff. So I was like, (laughs) we tried to make it clean and easy to read. It was very beautiful. But those things were things that what I thought was going to be a disaster of a conversation. Mm -hmm. It helped to make that conversation go much smoother to the point we never had one money date to now he was like okay can we talk about it again can we review the budget again and I'm like (laughs) I'm here all excited understanding that now I would just went and did back to school shopping and he was like well how much was that or how much did you spend and I was able to say babe we talked about it this was our budget. This is how much I spent. This is how much is left over. We're good. It's in the budget. And he's like, it's in the spreadsheet. I'm like, it's in the spreadsheet. We're good. And he was like, okay. And that was it. It was done. I love it. It Oh my gosh. It's so so awesome. One of the things I've heard Rebecca say on the show, which was important for me too, because I think this spoke to one of my hidden fears of I would lose my voice and my power that I would be disempowered in the relationship if we combine the finances and I let him run it because he makes most of the money in our our relationship, right? And it triggered that fear of mine of like, I need to hold on to some of this. I need to hold on to some of this independence. And what Rebecca has said, again, I've listened to so many of your episodes, I don't know which one it was, but basically she said that when we have these conversations together, it allows me to be a part of the conversation. It allows me to be a part of the decision. So it's not him telling me because prior to that, it would be him saying, you can spend X number of dollars. Yeah. This is what I have budgeted. You're good. You can spend. And it's like, there's something about that language that was bothering me, but then I understood it because he was the one running the budget. But now that we're talking about it together, it's no, remember, this is the number that we agreed on I think he came up with a number anyway so it's really the same thing but I think for me it was more mentally to understand I do have a say in this absolutely yeah there there is definitely that sense of feeling like 
you're being controlled. I think that everybody's scared of that man or woman. Nobody wants to feel like they're being controlled. Nobody wants to feel like they're being given an allowance as an adult. That's just very patronizing. It doesn't feel like I'm uh, maybe even being respected. It just, it's like, there, here's what you get, you know? <laughs> and it just, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the same energy in it as the sitting down together and equally making those decisions. And even with him bouncing back to the budget and saying, so how much did we end up spending? That's his just way of saying, I, I want to be informed. I want to yep. know what's going on. We all crave that. We all crave to just know where are our resources going and whether or not we're actually taking action on that or not is different, mm-hmm. you know, but we do want to know where we're at financially. I mean, a lot of people wake up in the morning. The first thing they think about is money. And it's the last thing they think about when they go to bed. Uh, and so it takes up a lot of our headspace. But there's so much that is rooted in that I want to have this freedom. I don't want to feel like I have control, but there is actually freedom through that transparency and through that making those decisions together. You really get to live life without worrying about it. And you can kind of fall back like you just did. You mm-hmm. fall back on those decisions that you made as a team and everybody feels really good about it. Right. And I, I see too, like, when your husband had given you the amount of money and you're wondering like, am I being controlled or not? And this is why it's so important to have the conversation about money as a team, because if I don't know what's going on in Rebecca's head, I'll start to make up a story in my head, whether it's true or not. And so by having that conversation, like you said, we probably agreed on the same exact amount of money, but there I was agreeing on that. And that's why it's so important to have both people at the table because it doesn't feel like I'm being controlled anymore. If we're making the budget together, opposed to her being the one who made it by herself. So just showing up and talking, make sure that your voice is heard and that your needs are provided for. It, Rebecca can make the budget 99% correct. And I'll just say, hey, we forgot that like, you know, there's this annual bill that shows up this month, every year. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only tweak I make to the budget. But like, it it still allows me to be so there. Funny. Right, like, exactly. I understand what I need to do. But it just, that looks good. Yeah, yeah it just gives <laughs> me the ability to say like, I agree with this or... I totally disagree with this and here's why. And so it's just, that's why it's so important to talk about money because money touches everything in our life. Like I was talking about earlier. And if you don't have a say in money, you feel like you have no control because when you leave your house, you're spending money. You know, you're driving your car. That's a dollar bill. Every time you do so many miles, (laughs) you know, it's like there's just money spent everywhere. And so knowing that you have a say in what's going on is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the ways subconsciously where I was starting to resent him is because we weren't doing things together, he would want to do amazing things. Like, babe, let's go on vacation. We found this great Airbnb and we can, you know, we have these points that we can use. And like, he, he was thinking consciously, we can do this and we can do it on a budget and it can be great, but not understanding that for me, I was like, normally I can, but right now I can't actually contribute to that conversation. And it was making me feel tense and stressed out and all those things, because I felt like I was holding back the family, you know, from going on a vacation, let's say, but by doing this together, we were able to say, you know what, you're right. Maybe the best decision right now is to hold off on that vacation until we can. But then it was a decision we made together and I didn't have to feel Like I was holding the family back and I didn't have to be resentful of him for wanting to do all these things that I couldn't do because now we were having the conversation together. Yeah. So important. Yeah. There's so much space to become bitter towards our spouses in those sorts of situations and also to feel like a burden. 
And Mm -hmm. nobody wants, I mean, both of those things are just terrible for a marriage, obviously. So when we can uproot them and figure out what the source of them really is and start to work through them together, it's just so amazing because especially when it does come to finances, regardless actually of of who's earning the income, whether you're Mm -hmm. both income earners, whether it's just one of you, there's so much space for there. There's always going to be a difference in in incomes um, and difference in roles and responsibilities. And so just working through that and making sure that everybody feels like their contributions are valued and they're not a burden and all those different things. It just, it, it is almost a love language in and of itself. Um, to be able to say, Hey, I see what you're contributing and you're not a burden and we're going to get through this together. You know, um, it's really cool. Yeah. I love that. All right. So we've talked a lot about maybe couples who have their finances separate, but I know there's many couples who listen to me and certainly who listen to you who already have combined finances. So can we talk to them a little bit? What are some of the ways that you can achieve your goals together to build intimacy in your marriage? in the process. I feel like we've touched on a lot of them, but any final points you might have on that? So we've definitely touched on budgeting together, of course, and using that framework of ours, the cash flow freedom framework is, I'm so glad that you found value in that. And it sounds like it's doing exactly what it's meant Mm -hmm. to do. So, Mm -hmm. yep. So just wonderful, but budgeting together is really one of the best things that you can start to do. So I think a lot of folks, even if they have shared bank accounts, which is another way that you can just really increase transparency and build that intimacy and trust with your spouse. But a lot of people who, even if they have that, they're still not budgeting and making those decisions together. So even if you've considered yourself as having combined finances, but if you're not having those regular meetings about how you're using that money together and Mm -hmm. how you're using it to build that life as a couple, then there's still some work to do and still some room to grow and some opportunity there for you to, to further enrich your relationship. Yeah. And I would add too, just because you've combined finances doesn't necessarily mean that you've made sure that your priorities are aligned as well. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that specifically, what is it that we're working on right now? Is it saving the emergency fund? Is it investing? Are we planning for a vacation? You know, making sure that we have the same goals in mind so that there aren't these little hiccups along the way, because just just because the money's together doesn't mean that there won't be little like hiccups and there might be something that goes the a way that you weren't expecting. And so making sure that you're aligned with your goals and your priorities is really important as well. Yeah. That's a big part of it is separating the difference between there's how do we reach the goals, but also how do we decide what goals we are trying to reach? Yeah. And that's where really most couples get really stuck. And that's where a lot of the friction can tend to be is again, we're arguing about opinions And I think that the most important thing to do is save money. Well, he thinks that the most important thing to do is pay off debt. And it's like, well, you're both right. But, you know, but there's, there's also an order, uh, there's an order of events. There's a best way to do it. Right. And then there's also just talking about, well, why is saving so important to you? And why is debt so important to you? And that's where we can really dig into that money story and start to figuring out why is this so critical and then start to understand each other and come to an agreement on whether it's the top financial way to do it, or it's just what's best for your relationship. You guys can say, okay, this is getting marked priority one. This is what we're working on. And then we'll work on priority two, three, and move down the list. Mm-hmm. So having those set priorities, you're absolutely right, is just massive. It's massive. Yeah. I love that. So that it's part of why I'm so glad that I found you guys, because I listen to a lot of financial podcasts 
in the past. And a lot of it is, there's a lot of jargon, it's confusing, or it's along the lines of how to just strip down your budget and live only with cash. And it's like, oh, okay. And I think there's there's a, a time and a place for all of that. But what I really have enjoyed in finding your podcast is you talk about it in a way to do it as a unit, like as a whole, you know, and that's why you speak specifically to married couples. And as far as I know, you're the only financial coaches that I've been able to find who specifically speak to married couples, which is why I wanted to have you on. Just like, I think I'm one of the only Christian marriage coaches who specifically speaks to wives, right? Like specifically to wives. And I think because there's an important niche there that we don't think about. It's not just about your finances. It's about your finances together. And that's what I love that you guys do. And I'll give you the opportunity to let my listener know where they can find your financial course. And guys, it's not super expensive. It's like simple and quick and easy um, and definitely worth it, in my opinion, because I obviously (laughs) have been using it and I think it's really helpful. But before I have you give all your contact information and let the listener know where to find you, was there anything that we didn't touch on? Anything that you're like, you know what? I want to make sure that listener walks away with this. Well, I think one of the things that we... Like you said, we we might be one of the few financial coaches that help married couples. And I think one of our advantages is that we are a married couple. Yeah. Um, and so I think that gives us a really interesting take on it. But as we started this journey, we started this journey because we knew that money would get potentially get in the way of our relationship. Because we I, I came to the plate with a bunch of debt. And you start to look at the statistics and there, uh, the old statistic was like 20% of divorces ended because of money issues. And that was the baby boomers. And then you look at Gen X and it goes to 40%. And then, you know, there's no statistics, I think, yet on no, millennials. But I mean, if we kind of see the trend, it, it it is a very, very tough subject for relationships. So I think understanding that it is a sensitive, hard topic will actually make it easier for you to step up to the plate and say, I want to do my best here. And like, we're well, let's take our time and figure this out right. Because I think if you take the approach that Rebecca and I took with it, I think it's a really healthy approach. It's like, hey, I don't want this to get in the way of our relationship. How can we do that? And then like that just starts the conversation because it's saying, I want to set us up for success. And so I think that just like your intention can be so important when you start these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I think also just really recognizing, I think, you know, speaking specifically to the wife, I you did such a beautiful job of what we also recommend, which is starting with yourself. And I, what I know you mm-hmm. recommend to your listeners too. Mm-hmm. start trying to start by f- trying to figure out yourself um, and don't focus so much on your partner, but look into your own experience with money and be honest with yourself about the decisions you've made good or bad. Try not to judge yourself either because you don't want your partner to judge you. Maybe you shouldn't judge you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. Show yourself some compassion there, but Really starting with figuring out your relationship with money is a great place to start. Um, And that's part of what we do as well as we help people walk through it themselves and then come together. Um, But you did it so beautifully of just let me try to unearth what's going on with me first and then bring it to my spouse and start those conversations. And it, it is hard, but it's worth being brave because it's just so much better on the other side. So to those who are inspired by this and do decide like, okay, this is something I want to do. I applaud you. Um, and I'm excited for you because it's, it, it really can be awesome. It can be hard, but it can also be awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think to add to the starting with yourself, sometimes we take a look into ourselves and we, we identify like, okay, maybe I can grow here and here. But then you really look and you're like, oh, he's got a bunch of, maybe he's got some issues. I find that a lot, at least with my listeners. One of the things I would say for them, if that is the case, then uh, once you've done the work to identify in yourself and really starting with yourself, before you come to him, do a little bit of work to try to understand him. Yeah. Try to understand what is his money story? What are his fears? Where is he coming from? Maybe he was brought up differently than you. Maybe, you know, you were different and you were brought up and you were great with your money and your parents were like, debt was not a thing. And you that was just not a thing for you. And so you find it crazy that he thinks it's okay to carry a balance on your credit card. I mean, we all have these different ideas. But then when you like sit and you talk to him about it and you understand that that's part of his money story. That's part of how he was raised and taught or not taught. I was never taught about money. I was never taught about like debt Mm -hmm. was bad. And, you know, like my family's in real estate. We had debt all over the place because we were investing in property. And so it's like this, having to understand that there's a difference between like having debt from real estate investments and then and debt from having your credit card and going on too many vacations. And so I just invite the listener, surely once you've taken a look at yourself to just give him some grace in that too. And try to understand for him to trying to give him the, the grace and understanding and being able to see him uh, the way God sees him and being able to see him in a way that like, oh, wait a minute, he's not a bad person or this or that. He just never was taught. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to approach the conversation so differently. And I yeah. think that is also really important. Yeah, because that's the judging part, right? Yes. Is you expected him to know better, but that's not fair because you don't know how he was raised. You don't know what he went through. You don't know why he had to do what he had to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is exactly, I mean, in our bigger program, the abundant marriage, that's what we absolutely do is we help you just really slow down and, and talk about those um, just formative experiences. How was money managed in your home? Those sorts of things, just as conversation starters for yourself, you're absolutely right. That's where you start. Um, It's not, Oh, let's look at your debt and look at your, your money. Let let's literally just be curious and focus on what's your relationship with money. Uh, And that's, that's really the healthiest place to start and just be curious. Love it. This has been such an amazing conversation, really, because I, like I said, money is such a topic for me to have you guys on here was really super refreshing and I think got to be really valuable to the audience. So don't let us leave without telling the audience where to find you. What's the name of your podcast? How do they hear from you? So our podcast is Rad Money and we were everywhere where you'd find a podcast. Our website is radcoaches.com. And then I think one of the most exciting things do you, or we, should we share this? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we got and, new stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and then, so for the course that you took, that's obviously available to everybody as well. Mm-hmm. That's called the Cash Flow Freedom Framework. If you go to our website, um, you can sign up for our newsletter and actually there's a special promotion for you there. Um, so you can get into that. And really our goal here is try to, to just really try to make it accessible to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. So 
for a small amount of time, you can actually get into it for free, but it's a very small window. So you have to take action on it super fast, (laughs) but we really just want to help those who maybe feel like they really can't afford it. And we really just want to pass it forward to those who really didn't get this financial education. um, And they feel like even the $97 is too much for a small time. If you take action, you can get it for free. So um, just want to share that with folks. Amazing. Okay. I will have the links in the show notes, of course. So excited to have you guys. Thank you so much. I love you guys. And until next week. Hey, love, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found any value in it, any teaching, any transformation, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Click the link, go ahead and share it with a friend, text it to somebody, share it on Instagram, tag me at the Grace Fields Wife, any of those things, or maybe even write a review. All those things are really the best way that you can thank me, and it helps the show to get found by other amazing women just like you. I love you, and I'll see you on Tuesday for another episode of The Grace Fields Wife.